0: If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you, and what a great Erev Shabbos it is. We're still very much under the influence of the festival of Shavuot, receiving the Torah, understanding, to a certain degree, God's divine wisdom, and God sharing this incredible gift with each and every one of us. Although we think that Sinai took place many, many years ago, thousands of years ago, the fact is we are encouraged to try and relive the moments of receiving the Torah revelation at Sinai each and every single day. It might be difficult because, of course, witnessing the actual event is something which is real and powerful, having to somehow imagine to a certain degree, bring out from depth of our memories, that incredible experience might be difficult. Although difficult, it's possible. And if it's not possible a 100%, it's possible, well, 90%, 80%, even 50%. The fact is that each and every one of us must consider those incredible moments in our development as a people our beginning as a people standing at sinai as something which didn't happen to our forebears thousands of years ago didn't happen to those standing around sinai who came out of egypt each and every single jew from the beginning of time until the end of time stood there in one way or another physically spiritually each and every one of us was there and therefore somehow this experience of receiving the torah is something that we have to take to heart and to mind our consciousness must somehow elevate our ability to see ourselves standing at Sinai and receiving the Torah directly from God. And this is why this particular Parsha, is always read either just before or just after the festival of Shavuot because there is a very strong link and relationship between this Parsha and the festival of Shavuot. Shavuot, as mentioned, is receiving the Torah and so talks to us about how we can prepare for receiving the Torah, as well as having received the Torah, to go forward with a sense of duty and devotion to that which the Torah stands for. Now, so means, well, in the obvious sense, counting. We're counting the families of the Levites, the Levim. Last week we counted Kahot, and this week we count Gershon and Merari, and counting within the context of Torah language is always connected with Nassau, an elevation to raise, to go beyond one's immediate status and to come to a higher and greater level. While, again, something which is quite challenging at times, nonetheless, this is something that each and every one of us should strive for, the elevation of self, not from an egotistical point of view, but rather from a spiritual point of view, to become enlightened, divinely inspired to receive all that which Torah has to give. And this is why when we count, it might seem like a mundane type of activity, which is there only to know numbers, but far beyond that, far beyond that, it's a process of elevation. Because when we are counted according to the law of God by God, as long as we are counted As individual Jews within this great community, the counting itself elevates us. Somehow recognition is there. God himself takes the senses. God himself counts each and every one of us. And that act of divine counting is something which is elevating as well. And this is why, whether we're speaking about the Jewish people as a whole, we're talking about the family of the Levites, whatever group of people we happen to be counting, nonetheless, there is a process of Nassau. So it rush raising the head. The head, of course, is, well, a source of intellect. The head, of course, is something which guides, direct, and controls the entire body. The head is, uh, well, the intelligence which creates and controls one's emotions. The brain, the head, is something which is not only there in a physiological sense, that it sends out messages to each and every single organ, to each and every single limb, Far greater than that, the head, of course, contains within it the tremendous levels of intelligence that draw us closer to divinity as well, to godliness as well. And when we allow those energies to become part of our actual consciousness, not something which is hidden away from us, but consciousness, then, of course, the way it directs the body, the way it controls emotion is something of a far greater Dimension as well, and this is why in a Sot Rosh we are elevating the head. We are elevating the head not only to count, but the counting itself is something which is elevating. As we've seen in the weeks, in the seven weeks before Shavuot, when we count each and every single day, it's not only counting the day, but each and every single day we refine another one of the forty-nine dimensions of our inner emotional makeup. After all, we have seven, seven within seven, seven times, seven forty-nine, and this is a process of elevating ourselves emotionally to receive the Torah. What happens then, of course, is that we are elevated to a state that we are able to receive the Torah with a tremendous sense of spiritual energy. Similarly, if not more so at times, when God counts us, Naselet Rosh, elevating us to a far higher and far greater degree. And who is he counting? As mentioned before, he's counting the families of the Levim. Last week we counted Kahat, and this week we count Gershom and Merari. And the question, of course, that is asked by our commentaries is why would we divide, separate the counting of the Levim instead of either continuing last week because we counted the family, the clan, of Merar, of kahat last week why don't we simply continue with the families of gershon and merari or included this week why separate the counting first kahat by himself and then the families of gershon and merari and it's not only some sort of theoretical question that we try to understand a process of logic and construction it goes to the very essence of what in fact the levium the levites were all about how they had to behave, what their services were and how, in fact, each particular family had a specific duty to fulfill. The Levim were there to do the service in great ways. The Levim were there to carry the vessels, the actual Mishkan, the tabernacle itself. They were there to do a tremendous duty. In addition to the actual work that they did within the Mishkan, that of singing and all sorts of other spiritual activities, they were there to carry the load, the vessels, and the actual structure of the Mishka, the Tabernacle. And this is something which is important for us to understand because the story is told to us because each and every one of us must somehow take from that dimension of the Levim the idea of carrying a load. Yes, sometimes to fulfill our duty, to fulfill our responsibility, to do that which, <coughs> excuse me, God wants us to do, is a tremendous load, and we see it not only, ah, it's so difficult, it's so hard. It is difficult, it is hard at times. We are challenged by all sorts of circumstances. We are challenged with all sorts of things, and therefore we have to understand what their duty was and why, in fact, we separate Kahot from two other families of Gershon and Marari. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the counting of the Levine. We're talking about the elevation, the process of coming to a higher spiritual level to allow our consciousness in a very real sense To somehow plumb the depth of our inner consciousness, the spiritual dimensions of our life, so that our mind can work properly, our heart can work properly. And the study of Torah, as mentioned before, not only gives us information, not only enables us to delve deeply into the truth and secrets of Torah, it carries us to a divine place. Because as it is the wisdom of God, God chose to share with us mere mortals his wisdom And where is that contained? It's contained within the Torah. And through the study of Torah, through the Torah, we actually not only become more intellectually developed and greater Talmidei Chachamim students and those connected with the study of Torah, but the Torah study itself makes us uniquely different and special because we are delving into the wisdom of God. But there's another dimension of Judaism. And that other dimension of Judaism is tefillah, which is prayer. Avodah, which is the actual service of fulfilling the mitzvot. And one begins to wonder, what is the more important activity that we should be involved in and with? Is it the study of Torah or prayer, fulfillment of mitzvot? Is it delving into the wisdom of God? or to somehow elevate ourselves through process of tefillah, through the process of prayer and the fulfillment of God's commandments. And this is not only some sort of theoretical discussion, because our sages have much to say about this. Some people say the study of Torah is greater. Others say that it's prayer and service which is greater. And although before we received the Torah, we all called out together, we will fulfill the dictates of the commandments and we will study the Torah as well. Both are important. Nonetheless, the question still remains, what is more important? And while, of course, the differences are immense, our sages conclude that both are actually important. Studying the Torah without prayer is not proper study. And prayer without studying the Torah is not proper prayer. And the question is, how do we fulfill both of these duties? Some of us are more intellectually inclined, and therefore the study of Torah is something which is closer to our being, whereas others are individuals who find prayer far more fulfilling and elevating. When they go through the process of prayer, they elevate themselves to a level of consciousness and divine insight as well. How do we reconcile these two very different types of divine service, the study of Torah and the prayer, fulfillment of commandments? And as I said before, while they are very different, one has more to do with intellect, the other has more to do with emotion. The question is, how do we reconcile the two? First, we have to remember that the luchot were engraved by God himself. They are a living symbol of his divine wisdom. And because of that, carrying the Ark, carrying the Holy Luchot, is something which is of incredible and unique, unique honor. And this is why Kahot, Kahot was given this particular honor. Because he represented the study of Torah, and because he represented the study of Torah, he was given the incredible duty of fulfilling the Torah. But we separate the activities of Gershon and Merari, away from. Because had we lumped them all together, we would think Torah and then prayer. We have to give prayer equal status as well. And this is why the Parsha begins, in fact, the entire Parsha is named Nasot to elevate the heads of Gershon. Because Gershon represents prayer. Gershon represents Tfilah and we want to give equal status, this is important, and that is important as well. And this is why, when it comes to our personal lives, we have to somehow allocate time for the study of Torah and time for prayer. We have allocated time for prayer three times a day. We do the shacharit, mincha, arvit, each and every single day. On Shabbat we add prayer. Every single day, there are times allocated for prayer. Equally so, we have to have times allocated for study as well. Because each and every single day, we are obligated to learn some Torah. Yes, there are those who have time restrictions. They can study less, because after all, they're involved in other duties as well. But nonetheless, no matter what you do, Each and every single day there has to be time allocated to the study of Torah. And the study of Torah enables us to become far greater than we are. A very important time to study is close to the time of prayer. There are certain things that we study in preparation for prayer. And there's certain elements of Torah that we study after we pray, because praying itself is a process of elevation and refinement. It enables us to begin to study Torah with a far greater mind. And this is why so many people, even though they have to rush off to work, will take some time each and every single morning after Shacharit to do some studying of Torah. And each and every single evening to take some time for the study of Torah. Each and every one of us must dedicate allocated time, specific times, for prayer and for study. And we begin to understand what Parsha Naso is all about, because it contains so many different interesting laws, laws that talk about the highest level of devotion to God, to be counted among the Leviim, to be counted among those who serve in the temple. And although we have specific regulations, Kohanim have their jobs, their duties. Leviim have their duties. And Yisraelim have their duties. Nonetheless, each and every one of us must strive in a spiritual sense to become one who serves in the temple. Because the temple of God is not only the tabernacle and following that, the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple in Jerusalem. But the temple refers to that place where God exists. And God exists everywhere. And when we begin to recognize the presence of godliness in each and every single situation, we know how to act, how to act appropriately and correctly at that time in that situation. This time is a study time. This time is a prayer time. This time is fulfilling the service of Avodah through the fulfillment of the commandments. Each and every single moment there is entering the temple entering the temple of God wherever we are and this is why each and every one of us has to understand that a spiritual journey is not only for great spiritual enlightenment alone but to recognize the presence of godliness in each and every single area of God's creation to understand that God created everything and within that creation he enables us he empowers us with the ability of refining ourselves and refining the environment this is something that we do when we study. Torah, not only studying Torah, sitting around the table listening to a shir, or perhaps studying with a partner in Torah, but every time we walk down the street or drive in our car, and instead of listening to some nonsense on the radio, we begin to listen to words of Torah. Today is a world where it has become so incredibly easy to study Torah. In fact, take a look at this radio station allocating specific times each and every single day for the study of Torah, which is so important, which is so vital for each and every one of us. As we walk down the street to recite words of Torah by heart or to think about words of Torah, when we do that, not only do we become connected with God's wisdom, with divine wisdom, we actually refine the atmosphere the place that we are in as we walk. A person in business takes a moment or two to reflect upon a Torah word, and equally so with prayer. We have specific times. We wake up in the morning, we dedicate our time to the prayer of Shacharit. In the middle of the day sometimes, it depends on the season of the year, we stop everything and we do the mincha prayer. And of course in the evening when the day is done, the work day is done, we go through the process of ma'ariv Arvit. Each and every single situation in which we find ourselves, whether it's at home, whether it's in shul, whether it's in business, whether it's walking down the street, whether it's driving, each and every single moment affords us incredible opportunity for self-development and atmospheric refinement. These are the words of Torah and Phila. These are the words of study and prayer. These are the words of God. And the words of God have incredible energy, able to do all sorts of incredible things as well. And we are the medium through which this can be done, each and every one of us. It's not only the great scholar who sits in a, well, a great atmosphere of study, but the most simple of people. When you study one line of Torah, The energy that you create is impossible to measure. Each and every one of us in our own situation, a child is able to do that. Each and every one of us is able to use time and mind in order to study properly. Each and every one of us must use the correct time and set of mind to pray properly. This is what the beginning of Nassau is all about. We count the families separately. And we actually divide the counting of Kohat with the others to give equal status. Of course, the Torah study, Kohat carried the Ark and the Holy Tablets, to Luchot, Gershon, continues. He represents prayer. He represents the other dimensions of Jewish obligation and Jewish life. He represents the power of prayer. And this is what Nassau talks to us about. We talk about situations of, well... People who find themselves in challenging moments and behave contrary to the will of God. And people who have to elevate themselves as a result of the fact that they feel drawn by the materialistic and often Insensitive dimensions of the world. They feel drawn by all sorts of negativity in how they have to behave. We speak about the priestly blessings, how they are able to communicate God's blessing with tremendous love to each and every single Jew. We talk about the gifts of each head of the tribes, of the twelve tribes, each one giving something unique to the temple. We talk about the great journey of the Jewish people. Talk about the great journey. We have experienced Sinai, as mentioned before. Nassau is often read before or right after. This year, we look back towards Sinai and say, how can I continue this incredible journey of receiving the Torah and retaining a sense of spiritual consciousness, of retaining a sense of divine holiness, of retaining a sense of special duty and devotion to God? This is why we have to look at Nassau with very, very careful eyes this year because this is the continuation of Sinai. This is the continuation of receiving the Torah. This is the great journey that we embark on and this is why this Parsha talks to us about the study of Torah and we talk about prayer as well, both being important ingredients in order to fulfill our divine duty. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the power of the study of Torah, we're talking about the power of prayer, and how each of those elements creates a tremendous sense of refinement within ourselves, within the world that we find ourselves. And although it's difficult at times to really appreciate how personal action, private behavior, our own study, our own prayer can have this incredible effect, not only in ourselves to a certain degree, but actually in the entire world, in the entire creation. It's difficult for us to understand that, but there's something in this parsha that enables us to at least appreciate to a certain degree how that happens, and that's when we read about the various gifts that were given by the Nisiim, the heads of the tribes, to the temple. And each and every one of those gifts represented a different dimension of universal connection. One of the gifts referred to Adam, Adam being Adam and Eve being the father and mother of humankind. Adam and Eve having lived whatever time they did, their children, their offspring, they became the individuals who occupied and took proper possession of the world. Although made many mistakes, but nonetheless, the gift represents the very beginning of humanity. We talk about the gift that connected with Noah after the world was destroyed. God felt the world could no longer and should no longer continue because humankind have given up the privilege of being those inhabitants of the world and God brought the great flood. Nonetheless, Noah and his children become the actual link continuation of humankind. We talk about the gift that represents Abraham the patriarchs, Isaac, Jacob, the beginning of the Jewish people. We talk about the gift that represents the Torah. We talk about the gift that represents the very essence of who and what we are. And here we understand something quite profound, something quite deep, how a specific item, a gift from a nasi, actually has an effect on all of creation, from the beginning of time with Adam to the present moment. To a certain degree, probably, to a lesser degree, but nonetheless similar, each and every one of us, when we give a gift. And the gift I'm talking about is the gift of mind and heart, the gift of study and prayer. It represents something. It touches certain elements within God's incredible creation, and it has an effect on it in the most powerful and positive way. We only have to somehow understand that these things happen. And certainly in the world that we live in today, we know what it means that doing something can have a profound effect on things way beyond us in time and space. We live in a world where we see connections and relationships based on all sorts of interesting scientific factors. We live in a world where these things are there. They're real. They are there in a profound and powerful way. They are there in a way that talks to us about universal responsibility and specific responsibility that's who we are each and every one of us is a powerhouse each and every one of us is a tremendous sense of incredible energy that has far-reaching effects not only to those close to us parents to children and to grandchildren etc but far beyond the immediate realities that we normally think are those dimensions where we have a degree of influence. We have a degree of influence within the entire world. And yes, each and every one of us has to exercise that duty. When we study the Torah, the energy that is created is so powerful that those rays, those rays of energy extend way beyond us, having a positive effect on people that we've never met, places in the world that we've never been. When we pray, not only do we elevate ourselves, not only do we refine our emotional structure, not only do we create a sense of holiness in our immediate environment, but that prayer reaches the highest of the high and the furthest of the far. This is something which God gave us. We see this in the gifts of the heads of the tribes. Each and every single item represents something, not only symbolically, but actually That. Adam, living thousands of years before, nonetheless is influenced by the gift that the Nasi gave prior to the construction and during the construction and after the construction of the Mishkan, of the holy tabernacle in the wilderness. This is something which is nasson nasso is roch. Elevate the head. Elevate the head and thereby you will elevate all of creation. When you elevate the highest point, you elevate every single element from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. This is what study of Torah can do. This is what proper tefillah prayer can do. This is what the proper observance of a mitzvah can do. And each and every one of us can be a master. Doesn't matter to what degree. Study one line of Torah. Study one word of Torah. Say prayer with a certain amount of sincerity and devotion. Do a mitzvah with a tremendous sense of commitment, and you will accomplish incredibly great things in the world that we live in. And this is something that we take from this parsha as the continuation of the great moment, the great experience that we had at Sinai receiving the Torah. It's not something of the past. It's very much part and parcel of the immediate present. It's something which influences the past, influences the future, influences us and others in time and space in the most incredible way. And therefore, when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to the Parsha. It has all sorts of interesting elements, different types of laws that tell us how to correct negative situations, how to elevate low situations, how to refine ourselves and the world that we live in, how to receive the blessings from the priests, how to... Here, the way Moshe received the Torah and studied the Torah with the Jewish people, each and every single portion of this Parsha speaks volumes about what each and every one of us can do. Listen carefully, carefully to the gifts that the heads of the tribes gave. It may sound repetitive, but it's not. Each and every single gift that they gave could be similar to someone else, but it's as if it was given for the very first time because it was given with the immense and powerful devotion and selflessness which the Siyam we're famous for. Listen carefully to each and every single word of the Torah tomorrow. It talks to us about every single aspect of life. Listen to it with strength. Listen to it with joy. Good Shabbos.